Hello and welcome back and Happy New Year. This is Penny Santaberry and Amy Cornell. And this is the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast, which we are recording on December 31st. Wait for it. (laughs) I thought we just needed a little bit of New Year's Eve music. I'm sure that when they go to uh, when they go to mix this episode, the guy's going to be like, "What is she doing?" Anyway, <laughs> got to keep him guessing. Anyway, and the real funny part is we spent so much time trying to find that music, and we decided that there were a lot of really depressing versions of "Auld Lang Syne." Yeah, everybody has to do their own thing. It's unnecessary. <laughs> necessary seriously oh my god so listen we're gonna have some fun with this episode um this is a mini-sode obviously talking about red flags um specifically red flags that we see with authors and this is honestly this is meant to be kind of maybe funny helpful hopefully really helpful um but i think that we decided to do this because we see as authors you know traverse this wild ride called a publishing career. Um, we do, you know, there are some red flags out there and the red flags are basically authors who are, you know, going to be problematic or going to have challenges in their career, I guess is maybe a good way to put it. And to quote one of my favorite podcasters, you have to be wary when it looks like the Christmas came into town and there are red flags everywhere. But in all seriousness, I think that you know, a lot of this comes down to attitude. So let's run through some of those red flags that we see. Amy, would you like to start with number one? Sure. I think number one is definitely not knowing who your reader is or not being a fan of your own market. So we get this a lot. Unfortunately, authors come to us and they're like, I'm ready to market my book. And we ask them, you know, who'd you write this for? Who's your market? And they said, you know, they kind of look at us and go, isn't that your job to decide who my market is? And it's like, oh, red flag. Because honestly, if you've already written the book, it's kind of late to start deciding who you wrote it for. Like, <laughs> I know that sounds really harsh for those of you that are like, I don't know who I wrote my book for. It's like, okay, now it's time to put in some work. Um, but you know, a good marketing firm will push you back on that. You know, And if you have people going like, oh, it doesn't matter who you wrote it for, it's fine. That is a red flag too. So it goes both ways. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second one I added this bullet point and I'm just going to say crowdfunding campaigns. And I didn't even really want to elaborate on this. I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I think that so. And, and let me say up front that some authors do really, really good with their crowdfunding campaigns. Um but it's rare. And I would say out of a hundred authors that have told me that they're going to do a crowdfund, I know maybe one that did really well. Uh, so crowdfunding campaign. I also love when I get on the phone with an author and I say, well, when are you going to, mar- when are you going to start, when are you going to publish this book? And they say, well, as soon as my crowdfunding campaign hits, I don't know, pick a number like $50,000 or some crazy thing. So I think that's uh, a good point. Penny. Because honestly, crowdfunding, typically the reason those work is because it's a unique idea. It's a unique concept, you know, things like that. And books really aren't that unique anymore. You know, it's like, sadly, like, so the concept of I'm releasing a book, it's like, well, that's not really news anymore. So it's really hard to your point to really get people super excited. And if you're, if you're holding off on essentially your author life, waiting for your crowdfunding campaign, it's going to be a tough road. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amy, do you want to take number three? 
Sure. Um, and I'm going to say debut authors, but it's not just debut authors. So this, this happens to people that are non-newbies too, but who base whether they're successful or not on media, you know, because we get a lot of authors that come to us saying, I want to be on this show. I want to be on that show. You know, we get very concerned if you're a debut fiction author and you want us to get you on, say the today show, for example, because my challenge to that would be, I want you all, and you could write us on this. I want you to tell me the name of the last author you saw or heard on insert your favorite TV show, because (laughs) they just don't make it on TV anymore. The reality is it's just, again, back to, I hate to say it, books are not breaking news anymore. So it's really, books are in a different place. There are lots of fabulous ways to find readers for your book, but the reality is banking on that TV show for your debut fiction novel should, should not be at the top of your list. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what that does is it shows that you haven't done your research or your due diligence in terms of what, um, where your book and your message is most appropriate to. Um, at the same time, we get people who want to rewrite contracts or ask professionals to rewrite their contracts. Um, And contracts are designed around the work that needs to be done for the realities of the industry. Um, But if you're against the perceived risks, because a lot of, a lot of um, publicity people cover people, everybody has their own contract. um, And some of them will have in there the risks that you assume as a published author. I think that if that's something that's bothering you, it should be a good reality check about how hard it is to be successful in that top tier. But we've had authors, I mean, and Amy, you know this, and I'm very, very firm on that. We do not rewrite our contracts at all, period, end of story. Um, And I think it's interesting, like, and I've said this before to Amy too, where like, do you think anybody ever asked Apple to change their contracts? Like, right. Thank you. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow. Why are we, you know? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. absolutely true. And I think your point about, you know, contracts are typically made because the person writing them knows the realities of the industry they're working in, you know? And so that's, that's some good insight into what you're getting into by like stepping into the, the publishing, you know, space yeah. that, you know, if these contracts are like, wow, it, it really sounds like they're not promising me anything. It's like, well, (laughs) the reality is, is that it starts with the book. You have to write a great book. You have to have a great concept. Like there's so many different pieces that go into it. So don't let contracts scare you off, but also it's, it's not worth asking people to change them because honestly, they really are there to set some parameters and guidelines for, for how things need to go. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and, And also before you get to point number five, Amy, I just want to add to this read your contract. I, we, I get so many authors who blindly sign contracts with whomever and don't read them. So read your contract. Absolutely. Cause you're signing on the dotted line. Sorry. I know you wanted to get onto the, we want no, to no, that's fine because all of this ties into the next one. And I call it assuming you're the exception to the rule. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to have goals. It's great to have ambition. It's great to have a positive attitude. We're not saying that's, that's not essential as well, but we are very honest with potential clients. Um, 
And, but, you know, we still end up working with individuals sometimes that assume that the realities of publishing and authorship don't apply to them, that they are going to do it better than the last person, or they have figured out the secret key to this, or just that their book is that much better, you know, but sadly, a lot of them just end up underwhelmed with how their book performs. And they actually, the really sad part is that they, they miss great opportunities that came their way because they thought it was beneath them, or they're just not taking time to, to note all of the positive things that happen along the way as well, because they just kind of have that eye on that, on that next big thing that they're, they're banking on. So don't assume you're the exception to the rule and think that you can skip steps or, you know, or decline opportunities that come their way because they don't seem good enough. Take it all in, you know, take it all in. And it's better to, you know, just assume you have to, you know, take the same path as everybody else and you can do it better along the way. And and success is, you know, in store for you, but, you know, just, just stick to it and don't you assume you're an exception. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that, um, you know, we all get a lot of email. I get it. Um, but not reading emails or being unprofessional, we have um, sometimes encountered authors who are braver in email than they are when you talk to them on the phone. And being unprofessional, and sometimes people default to being rude or unprofessional or thinking that um, that's going to get you to the top of the, somebody's list. There, and, the, and let me just preface this by saying that there's a difference between being unhappy with something that somebody delivered or didn't deliver, as the case may be, and just being outright rude for the sake of thinking that that's going to get you attention. Because being an author is like running a business, which we're going to do a podcast on in January. Um, and if you're serious, read the emails. Um, give information and guidance and and recommendations the attention that they deserve as if your business depends on it because it very well might. And always be professional. Um, Building a business is stressful. Marketing a book can be stressful. There are many ups and downs, but you don't, you know, don't take it out on the people in your circle that are there to help you. And again, is the difference between somebody who is not doing what they promised to do and somebody who is doing what they promised to do, but you choose to maybe not be that, you know, very nice to them. And I think that's a, that's a big, that's a big piece of this. And I think that, you know, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar is a saying here too, but it, yes. people, people really want to, you want people to want to work with you, especially if you've started to create a, a you know, a solid team. And I wanted to, I, you know, I'm adding one to the list, Amy, that we didn't uh, that we didn't talk. Yeah. Didn't, can I say one on. other, can I say one? Yes, other, yes, yes. Thing? Go for it. No, just cause it's really this, it's kind of something that we, that we deal with a lot. And again, you mentioned the stress of all this and we absolutely get that, but I do want to remind everybody for is kind of like, uh, maybe everybody's, this is kind of a roller coaster of an episode, probably emotionally. Cause they're like, Oh, oh they're <laughs> funny. Oh, they're being kind of mean now. Like, Oh, yeah, what, is, <laughs> like, what is there all over the place? Right, oh my God. But, but honestly, the reality is, is that, you know, people that you choose to work with in this process of being an author, you know, they all benefit from your success for the most part. They want your book to succeed. They want you to be happy. They want you to write more books, work with them again. So, so keep that in mind that yes, th- there's a roller coaster here and there's a roller coaster being an author. There are ups and downs. 
but, and it gets frustrating, but remember, keep in mind that for the most part, everybody that you're working with really does want to see you succeed. So, so during those frustrating times, you know, try to keep some perspective on that as well, is that we love to see our authors succeed. We love referrals. We get a lot of return clients. That's what makes us happy. So that's just one other thing I wanted to add to it is that, you know, we're all in this together in a lot of ways. You know, it's, it's, it's a big industry, but it's also a small industry mm-hmm. and we all do better when authors do better and, and they, and they find their success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their success is, is definitely our success. Um, and I would say that, um, one of the, one of the red flags that I, uh, well, two more that, and I, I know we feel so like we're so scattered. Oh my God, it's the end of the year. People are going to leave a, a review on this episode. This episode was stupid. I think it sounded more like therapy for them. Um, NDAs are a red flag. And it's funny because a number of people in publishing have done, uh, articles on authors who ask people to sign NDAs. I understand. I fully understand that you don't want people to steal your stuff. I get it. I will say that in the 20 plus years that I've been in business, I have never known anybody to get their book stolen, but an NDA is always a red flag to me, to me and to a lot of people in the industry. So know that if you're asking for one and I respect your, I respect an author's right to do so, but just know that it's typically the sign of somebody who doesn't really know the industry very well. Um, and again, I've never seen anything. I've never seen an, I've never seen anybody get their, get their work stolen. Have you, Amy? No. And can you imagine if you had enough time to steal book ideas? <laughs> oh my gosh. If I had enough time to steal, I mean, honestly, if I had that kind of time, I wouldn't steal book ideas. I would probably take up some kind of a really cool hobby or something, but I just stare at the wall. <laughs> I know just stare at the wall. Oh my gosh. But I it's think the end of the year, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I know. Right. But I think, and I think the final one, which is, this is maybe the best one that I just, that I wanted to say, please do not ask vendors to work for you for a percentage of the pro of your royalties. I, I can't believe that I neglected to mention this when we were outlining the episode, but sometimes we get authors who come to us and say, how about I give you a percentage of my royalties? And I always roll my eyes. I, I have to, I've tried to find, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does happen, I always try to find creative ways to say no. Um, <laughs> but the issue with that is, and I had an author one time, this was kind of interesting. I had an author one time I wrote him and I told him, you know, we can't, we can't really do it that way. And he goes, well, clearly I have more faith in your company's ability to market my book than you do. And I thought, well, that's, that's actually not really the point. Um, the point of, of, of asking a provider to do that in theory, I think I understand why authors would think that that's a good idea because they think, well, then you're, you have some skin in the game, right? You have some investment in this. But the reality is, if we're breaking this down, right, literary agents work this way. Literary agents who sign you with big publishers, they get a percentage of your royalty for the book, for the life of the book. But, they, but they're basically running all of that through their, they're running all of your royalties through their company. And they have a bookkeeping system that's set up. They have, they have systems that are set up to take that percentage and then write you a check. That is completely unrealistic for marketing people. And the other piece of it too is, is that many books 
do better the longer that they're promoted. That's not to say that, you know, if you work with a marketing company for 30 or 90 days that you're not going to sell some books, but the more that a book ages, so long as the author is involved and engaged in their own success, the more copies of a book that tend to sell. So asking a publicist or whomever to take a percentage of royalties from the book, and that's how you're going to pay them. I, 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 I roll my eyes. I don't know how else to say that. Like That was a nice way to say it. And I will, I, you know, and I just, I will never do that. The other piece of it too is, is that I think, you know, this goes to publishing a book is like a business. And here we go with the lecture part of it. And the, the not funny part of the, the funny part of the episode apparently is done with all my, with all my sound effects and everything. But I think that, you know, in an investing in your book, is part of the process. It's part of the process. And there is, um, there's, there's no way to, to, to shortcut that by offering a percentage of royalties to the people that, you know, that you're, that, you know, that you're working with. In fact, Audible used to do that where you could hire talent and you would pay them a percentage of the royalties that they, that the audiobook made in order to pay them back for their time. Very, very, very few uh, audio people, um, voice talent takes that now because they realize that, you know, it the audiobook may not sell anything and then they're out, they're $350 an hour essentially, which is what they get paid if they record it. So it's just not, a, it's not a professional thing. It sends up a red flag. People won't want to work with you. <laughs> just know that, you know, there are just some things that, that, um, that, uh, that, as we talked about early on in the episode, it's like the circus coming to town with the red flags. Anyway, I hope this episode has been helpful. Do you think it's been helpful, Amy? Because I feel like we just ranted. No, I think it's been helpful. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) of course I do. Uh, No, but for what it's worth, I think it's, we see these challenges a lot. And I realize some people listening that have, that have maybe been guilty of some of these things are probably a little myth at us right now. But, <laughs> but the reality is it, these are obstacles to success, not just because it's like, Oh, it's annoying for us. That's not why we do this. Like these are actual, right. these are actual obstacles to success, to kicking off your authorship career, you know, hopefully you're in this for the long haul and attitude plays such a big part of that. So a lot of these red flags are also kind of getting your head right and knowing what's to come and being prepared for things that can be challenging, but you'll get through it because other authors have, and you can do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope that, so I wanted to say this final episode of the year that I hope that this has been, I hope that this podcast has helped you. That is why we're doing this podcast. It's free to, to listen to. So it's not like, you know, we're charging $25 an episode, although maybe we'll do that for the new year. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I think it'll be a really, really um, quiet group then. <laughs> we love authors. We love the work that we do. And we want to wish you all the success in the new year. And we hope that you'll keep coming back for more tips and, and tricks and things that you can do to be successful. Amy, I just want to wish you a really, and I'm going to, I'm going to try my, my sound effects again and see if this sounds less cheesy, but I want to just wish you a really, really happy new year. Here's to everybody out there. Thank you for listening to the book marketing tips and author success podcast. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell, the final episode of 2021. Happy new year, everybody. Woohoo!
I should have had a bottle to pop. Damn. <laughs> I know. We should have had some champagne to pop. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.